No, no, I think Breakthrough TV gives bad, bad, bad broadcasting a good name. You're listening to Con Air Radio. Stop whining. It's about to begin. <laughs> So hi guys and gals, this is Robert or Smash Tower at uh, from Con Air Radio, and we are at Saboten, day two. This is a fantastic morning. It is bright and shiny, and we are going to be breaking in a new special uh, co-host for this weekend, and it is Q Cosplay. Go ahead and say hello. Hi everybody. This is Q Cosplay. It's nice to be here. I'm really excited. This is this is going to be fun because we, as anyone who knows or follows on uh, Sabo, you are a quick substitution, but you've got the full backing of uh, Corgi Cosplay, or Nicole. <laughs> I do. Corgi Cosplay is a very dear friend of mine. She's been helping me get my feet wet as a professional cosplayer, and it's a shame she's not able to make it, but, you know, self-care has to come first. Well, she had a lot to deal with this weekend, and, and you know, just uh, you know, just accepting and trying to get here was, uh, was going to be a stretch for her, but moving and then getting sick, so... And no, we don't think it's COVID. So. <laughs> no, the, as far as I know, the tests came back negative so far. She's going to do another one. Just be safe, but we're pretty sure it's not COVID. Yeah, and I've had I've dodged COVID, I think, for the last two years and been able to avoid it. So I'm quite happy about that. You're so, not missing anything. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had several people that worked with me and stuff like that. And I always thought it was funny because everyone that I worked with that had COVID was an avid mask wearer. And I'm like, how is it the people that are wearing the masks are the ones that are getting COVID? <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Like, I caught COVID at the beginning of this whole mess. I just got my sense of smell back six months ago. Oh, God. <laughs> and as a cook, that hurts. <laughs> I, I know that feeling because I work at a pizza restaurant. <laughs> so you get so, it. So you got to love the smell. Of, and, and, and I cut sausage almost every day oh, I walk in there. So it's I, like, I would die. I, I would just die of depression. <laughs> it's, like, it's so fantastic. But All right, so go, let's go ahead and tell some uh, our listeners a little bit about you. Um, you come from, in, in what I'm going to say is a unique background in this case, because I have not had the opportunity to, to have a queen in my presence to be honest <laughs> and uh it, it's it's kind of unique so i get a kick out of it well like you said i am a queen i am a drag queen in my mundane life as well as a regular nine to fiver just like everybody else mm-hmm. um i've been doing drag for about seven years i started in new mexico i lived in albuquerque up until recently i am a recent arizona transplant to the drag and the cosplay scene out here but I've actually been doing cosplay longer. I started cosplay when I was in middle school, so I was 13, so I have to do the math. 18 years I've been cosplaying. Wow. And it, I thought that cosplay was the be-all, end-all of makeup, and then I started doing drag and realized, oh, I can make myself so much better now. <laughs> <laughs> it was a learning curve, and now you've branched into the, into the drag wing. Exactly. Queen. Like... Just like with any any job or any schooling, it never you never stop learning. There's always new tricks of the trade you can learn. Um, there's always something new that can always you can always add to your arsenal, or that you can teach to somebody else that maybe didn't work for you. Right. Well, and, and that's it. As I said, it's a new perspective uh, from my thought because I have seen many of my friends 
that were uh, going to the events uh, and the, the beauty pageants and stuff like that. And I'm sitting there going, you know, I haven't tapped into that. One of these days I'm going to have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been doing the con circuit for so long, the media circuit, the, ho uh, the horror circuit. Going to have to add, that. well, that one and tattoos. They have tattoo conventions that I'm supposed to try to get involved in. <laughs> I, I've gone to a few of those, and I, I'm so sad because I could afford to get like one, maybe two tattoos, and there's like eight artists I want to get something from. <laughs> right. And it, it, there's so many unique, and, and see, I'm just the opposite. I have none. So, you know, I keep telling myself that I'm going to get no more than two um, if I do. Um, but uh, the good thing about uh, not making any money is I can't spend it if I don't have it. <laughs> there is that. Like, I currently have 13 with, like, 20 more plans, so. Wow. wow. <laughs> but a, a lot of them, too, are people that, like, mean a lot to me who designed them for me. Like, I don't get art just because I want to. It's something that, that has a deep meaning to me because I know I'm going to be with it for the rest of my life. Well, for me, it's, it's basically two. And, I, and the cool part is that I know exactly what I want for the last, I don't know, seven or eight years. Um, a Superman symbol on one shoulder because uh, I was a big Bon Jovi fan and oh, yeah. I know that John Bon Jovi had a Superman suit. I'm sitting there going, okay, I'm going to have to get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and a friend of mine who lives a little up north, uh, he's an avid Superman friend too and he's an artist and illustrator. Um, so uh, I, when I was out shopping one time, I went into an antique store and I saw something that screamed his name. Uh, for the Superman, and I, I turned around going, I, I texted him, I'm going, are you interested in this? And he goes, how much do they want for it? I'm going, $1,500. <laughs> he goes, nope, I guess I can skip that. I turned around and says, okay, well, I just gave you the opportunity because he's so much into Superman, and it was an old phone booth. Oh, no way. Yeah, so it had the whole closable things, and they wanted $1,500 for it, and I'm like, oh, I, I can't do it. Yeah. But... Uh -huh. That's definitely something that a, a massive collector would want, though. Like yes. that is a, it's such a niche item that when you see something like that, it's a once-in-a-lifetime, I can't believe I just saw that. <laughs> uh, well, and the other part is that he has more than enough room for it. Mm -hmm. See, he lives in a really small town in upper Arizona, um, and he was lucky enough to get the opportunity, and I, I believe it was originally a school. And... Uh, the, they had built a new school, and I think the property was owned by the Mormon temple. Okay. So, uh, and he is a Mormon, so he was able, to, they allowed him to buy it. So he officially has his studio upstairs and on one little wing. There's an office like downstairs. He has a hallway that goes all the way back to the end of the property with all the little rooms going down it. <laughs> and it's cool because he has many of these rooms that are labeled. This is my comic book room. This is my memorabilia room. You know, and this is our, you know, I, he, he walked me into a room where he had one of the old educational Commodore 64s that still worked. Oh, my, it still works? It still worked. I remember using one of those in, in the 90s when I was doing my computer classes because I lived in a little tiny, you know, blinking you'll miss it town that couldn't afford the updated oh, he, Windows 98. They only have two street lights where he is. <laughs> we had three, so I guess we were the bougie version. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and to, to be honest, I think there was only one restaurant and 
They serve great pie. I remember that when I was up there. We had pie there. <laughs> I'll have to go check it out because like, I, I always love finding little cute small hole-in-the-wall places. Well, it's Taylor, Arizona. so it's, Okay, yeah, I know where that's at. Yeah, it's, it's up there. <laughs> yeah. And if you're, you know, being from New Mexico, chances are you, you would know where it is because it's pretty close to the, to the border up there. It way. is, mm-hmm. and I've been doing Sabo Tin for about eight years now. So like, I've driven through there so many times, but usually it's at like you know 8 o'clock at night, 2 in the morning, trying to beat the rush hour for you know driving through well the other thing i get a kick out is whenever the town would have a uh, yard sale mm-hmm. uh, they would have like a, y- a city yard sale or a town yard sale whatever you call it <laughs> but uh if it rained uh he would have let them use his gymnasium or his auditorium that he has <laughs> that is that's not something a lot of people can say they can do and that's awesome that he does that <laughs> well and then of course his front yard is a huge piece of property so he's like i just use just use the problem. Just clean up after <laughs> yourselves. We're good. Yeah. So uh, I have always gotten a kick out of that story because I went up there to go check it out one time. And I'm like, wow, this is wicked. And this isn't your house. This mm-hmm. isn't the store. This is your studio. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's awesome that he has an opportunity like that. Not a lot of people can say they can do that. No, that's true. I mean, I've always wanted to buy a big warehouse and then convert it into a project place. But still haven't found one cheap enough yet <laughs> yeah that's that's actually been my goal is um with the cosplay and everything because there's a lot of youth cosplayers who don't know what they're doing and there's mm-hmm. not a lot of people who are willing to teach eventually i want to get to a point where i can just open up like a, a community center kind of thing for cosplayers who want to get started with you know prop maker makers who maybe want to help or people who want to teach sewing or wig styling stuff like that oddly enough that's not far from what i was talking about um i wanted to find and build a, a warehouse and the goal was to call it the geek club I love it. Um, and it would have several different sections. And, of course, I'm giving my secret away, so someone's going to listen to this, and they're going to go, I'm going to make that because I have money. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. That, that's <laughs> the problem is I don't have the money either. So, I mean, if anybody out there has the idea, just let me know, and I'll come teach. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, mine was is in the back part, it was going to be two, two podcast studios, so you, people can actually come in and rent the studio, record their podcast, and then we just go, here's your thumbstick, here's your podcast, and go for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and then I also wanted to put in um, like a mini theater that would house uh, like 30 people on a projection screen um, or, and then uh, a couple of pool tables. Um, I even thought about a dance floor because I have a couple of friends that are musicians and they create their own music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them is a techno. He, does, he did a lot of techno stuff. All the EDM industrial kind of stuff. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, just have it as a geek club, but then, you know, had charge people like a yearly membership. But I wanted to get all really sophisticated with the uh, uh, entrance to where they had to do a handprint on a, on a tablet to get, a, to get access. But I wanted to make it 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So then there was on one hall, there was actually going to be a crafting room, a sewing room, you know, places where the people could actually come and do that. Um, and like we have a photographer down there at the end of the hall. Uh, my goal was to have a green screen room. Okay. And I was sitting there going, and then we can cover pretty much all the aspects of geekdom. <laughs> yeah, I mean... You got everything all wrapped up in one building. That sounds like it would be a really cool idea. And that's why I wanted it to be the geek club. So it doesn't really matter what part of being a geek, you know, you can actually go there. You know, and then just have things like uh, our own personal copies of movies in for the theater, um, you know, and have, like, 
the full collection of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, Firefly. Go with the classics. Uh, you know, <laughs> and stuff like that, that that are addicted. And then, of course, somebody had posted earlier this morning that evidently today, um, Le- uh, Labyrinth is being played at a, ro- a bunch of the Harkins. Oh. And I'm like, oh, they would have to do it today. <laughs> it's, it's funny because I actually, one of my uh, debut drag numbers was actually Jareth from the Labyrinth. Right. And so that's that's near and dear to my heart. And the fact that it's during con is, it's heartbreaking. And that's <laughs> what I'm, I'm saying, like, really? Because <laughs> there's, like, physically I know of three cons that are going on right now. And I wanted to go to all three. So how do I go to Sabo? How do I go to Tucson? Mm-hmm. And how do I go to Dragon Con in, in Atlanta? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I miss Dragon Con. That's actually where I got my start was at Dragon Con. <laughs> I've never been there, and I want to go so badly. Um, I have people that go. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you mentioned Firefly before. Uh, my wife and I are avid Firefly fans. Um, and when uh, the fan movie came out, Fire, uh, uh, Brown Coat Redemption, yep. uh, I intercepted and, and met with uh, many of the cast. And I'm still friends with many of the cast. Uh, including the director uh, and the main stars of the of the group, and uh, we're corresponding on a regular basis. But they are almost always at Dragon Con, <laughs> and I'm like, I gotta get over there. <laughs> yeah, when what's funny is when I went to Dragon Con, it was still a three hotel convention. It only took up three hotels. Now I think it takes up five. Yeah, it's huge now. It is. And when I went, I thought it was huge because it was my first ever convention. I was in middle school. A friend of mine um, got me an in as a volunteer for the Artist Alley. I had no idea what a convention was. All I knew is that I liked to dress up as, as anime and comic book characters in my bedroom and, and do stupid pictures and stuff like that. Right. And when I realized that there was an outlet for this, I decided to break out. My very first ever cosplay was actually Gambit from the 1990s X-Men animated series. I had had literally like butchered a Party City wig trying to make it look as close to the hair as I could. I hand-stitched the jacket. I made the bow staff out of wrapping paper tubes because this was before (laughs) they had a place for us to go online and buy cosplay. This is when we had to do this all in our basements and hope that, you know, mom and dad didn't find out because it's weird. But now now it's turning in its own industry. Half the people that used to make this stuff for themselves are now making them for other cosplayers. Oh, yeah, and so. I think it's fascinating that it's gone from being such a weird thing you do in the garage on weekends to, you know, being an actual career for some people. Like, it, is, it is still funny on how many people I run into going, what is that again? It's cosplay. <laughs> cosplay. What's cosplay? Mm. <laughs> now you're asking for a bigger definition. So it's, it's like if you don't really know what cosplay is, I'm not sure if I want to waste the time telling you. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know, I'm not sure if you're going to understand how I explain this to you because that, that's also a very, very like, how do I say this? It's a very individual question because mm-hmm. to one person, cosplay could be just, you know, oh, it's Halloween at conventions. Right. To another person, it could be a way they take care of their mental health or a way that they find a... a a niche in like college if they're going to like fashion design school or something like that like it's different for every person there is no one right answer right and it, there, it, it, there's just so much attached to it I mean you could be the person that's just this is my favorite show this is what I'm always going to come out as this is always what I'm going to dress up as you know type stuff and there are some people that have fit their niche that that's the only thing I've ever seen them as um, I remember at the at Phoenix Fan Fusion, we have one guy that always comes as Tom Baker, Doctor Who. I've seen pictures of him, and I'm an avid Doctor Who fan, so one of these days I want to go just to take a picture with him because his cosplay is so immaculate. Yeah, and but I'm, I'm, not quite, I'm not quite sure. I thought I'd heard something that he might have passed, 
but I've, 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 I haven't done the research, so I don't mm. know. I, it was kind of a general in, in passing type. I'm hoping I'm wrong yeah, <laughs> because I, mean, I, I, wa- I would like to get together, too. Absolutely. And Tom Baker was my favorite Doctor Who. He was my very first Doctor, so he holds a very special place in my heart. Yep. So I'm like, yes, in that scarf. <laughs> yeah, they always say you remember your first doctor, and you do. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. But uh, and and there's so many different ways that cosplay can go. I mean, nowadays, you know, people it, it's not just anime. People are doing, you know, Marvel. They're doing any of the superheroes. I mean, uh, they're doing anybody that's a. I, I say cartoon mm-hmm. because there are some American ones that I really don't call anime. I, I'm in the same boat. Like, they're great cartoons, but they're not anime. They didn't come from Japan. And it's gone beyond just, you know, visual media, too. Now there's people who cosplay stuff from, like, podcasts and mm-hmm. D&D. Like, last year I saw an entire group of, like, 30-some Welcome to Night Vale cosplayers from the Welcome to Night Vale podcast, which blew my mind because I never thought you could cosplay something from a podcast. And that was something else that I learned was, like, you know, oh, so you can go beyond that as well. Yeah, and then then, then there's the cross the, the cross. Um, oh yeah, the cross gen- players. The, the cross players that are the gender different. So you you have, uh, oh, what was the one that a friend of my uh, my friend Jared did, um, Pokemon. Uh, Misty. Misty, yes. Yeah, he the, did Misty. The and super I, buff Misty that walks around. Yeah, well, well, he, he it was. I thought it was funny because he's got this big shaggy beard mm-hmm. and he's playing Misty. Um, but yeah, it just kind of started spreading, and now I'm seeing guys that are wearing girls' outfits and, and girls that are wearing the guys' outfits, and I'm like, okay, so there's definitely other ways that this can go. And I mean, there's just so many directions that uh, cosplay in general now is has been able to move. It's amazing just to see. Uh, and then there's some people that come in do the old-fashioned, unique stuff. I saw one on, on uh, Facebook a couple of days ago. Um, he was wearing just kind of regular type um, older man clothes. Um, and I thought originally that it was a fan that he was holding, but it was not. It was um, uh, popsicle sticks that oh. were going down. And he held it up to his face, and he was now uh, Wilson from uh, uh, Tool Time. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, now that one's cool. I like that. That unlocked a memory I didn't know I had. Jeez, I forgot all about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, all, all he had to do was wear a hat, a regular type of uh, regular type of clothing, and put something in his face to where it's just under his nose, or, you mm-hmm. know, blocking everything, and, and boom, it's Wilson. And, and I'm sitting there going, you know, if he made that into a mask you would lose it. Mm-hmm. You have to have that popsicle stick fence. Oh, yeah, no, because, like, anybody could take and put it on, like, a, a band or something or, like, a pair of glasses, but it's there's something unique about, like, when you just, you're able to just whip it up out of nowhere when people don't expect it. Like, yeah, Well, they're going to they're gonna question you. Who are you? What? But as soon as you put that up there, ah, Wilson! Yup. <laughs> <laughs> and it's an automatic thing, but it, it's just one little minor thing can make such a major change. Um, as I was saying, it's like my friend Jared, who was my co-host for the first couple of years that we did this, and uh, he got notorious for being haggard from uh, Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Well, we were at a very expensive convention um, that stopped in here once or twice um, out at the Glendale, mm. uh, and uh, he was as dressed up as haggard, but uh, we had two little kids that were dressed up as their students so I got down on my knees and I took a picture of the kids looking 
going up. <laughs> so it made Jared look like so much of a huge giant mm -hmm. over these kids. And it, it was priceless. I'm sitting there going, okay, I got to keep that one. <laughs> and that's one of my favorites. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I do love, too, that we're getting to a point where cosplay can be a thing for kids as well. Right. For the longest time, a lot of people are like, you know, oh, well, once our generation gets old enough that we can't do this anymore, which is never going to happen. I'm going to do this time in a retirement home. And I, even then. <laughs> I, I told my wife the same thing. I turned around going, I've seen some ladies around here, and I'm not trying to be uh, placed, but I don't know what they're dressed as. But they're uh, older than me. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking that I was too old for doing this. Because, I, I mean, I've I got the long hair. I've got the missing teeth. You know, I'm... I'm over 50 years old and I'm like should I be doing this am I is am I the creepy old guy mm -hmm. you know but I, I enjoy it too much to try to stop I, I've thought about it and I, I just can't stop I mean it's it's too much fun yeah it's a blast and the people you meet like for example um, we have Beth over here right beside us and mm -hmm. we're gonna get an interview with her later too um, but she's new to Arizona like yourself yeah um, but she's done cons um, before. She was from Blizzard Con. Okay, May. yeah. So she's done the full elaborate <laughs> artwork. And like that's what I love is that cosplay is for everybody. No matter your body size, your age, your height, whatever. You don't have to look just like the character. Like right. I strive to do screen accuracy, but that's because I was a theater kid in high school. So for me, I have to be as accurate as possible because if not, then... Um, you know, you're, you're not giving your best performance. Right. But, like, I've seen so many people do, like, their own versions, like, you know, modern versions of these characters. Or, like, if, say, that X-Men character was in Pokemon, you know, what would they look like as a Pokemon trainer? Like, there is no limit to cosplay. And that's part of the reason that I started trying to become a professional cosplayer is to put an end to the stigma of if you don't look just like this, you can't cosplay. And it's funny that, it, that for a while, that's the way it was. I heard a lot of people that were going, well, that's not accurate. That's not accurate. That's not, it's cosplay. It's not supposed to be accurate. I mean, even the artists here, okay, they all have a unique style, mm -hmm. but they cannot copy a piece of artwork and that's the legality of it mm -hmm. if it looked exactly the same then the company that owns the rights can turn around and say you can't do that we can sue you yeah. but because it's their version of that character yeah they are labeled they'll continue to do it yeah um, like i i completely get that because i also do digital artwork on the side too to help make ends meet every now and then and i do t-shirt designs for a friend of mine who sells them at local cons in albuquerque right and same thing because it's my rendition we don't fall into that legal issue of well this looks just like what we took off of that screenshot from this this and this Correct. it's like it looks similar enough that you know who it is but it's still my style so you can't sit here and go well that's not your artwork well it's when i created con air radio i started to worry because technically there was a lot of con air type material out there mm -hmm. but there wasn't a podcast so when i turned it around i go con air radio is fine the con air actually is a lego a legality um for one company that used to produce uh hair dryers and radios oh, yeah. and things like that it's that con air hair dryer the con air radio well the con air radio actually never really existed <laughs> <laughs> so at least so. there's not you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> no. So, but it yeah it was always interesting um, that you had to worry about the legalities. But now that if you have your own rendition of what it is, the legalities are really not that relevant anymore. Yeah, and even if you do get clocked on it, as long as you can prove that it's not a stolen artwork or stolen content, whatever it is, and B you're not intentionally trying to infringe on somebody, usually they'll let it go. Right. 
and, and what is they call it um, you know old any any uh, press just really fires up people so for example uh, how long how long has it been since the movie uh, uh, Predator has come out <laughs> I don't want to think about that <laughs> well there was Predator 1 Predator 2 there was there was a Predator three, there but was I don't think it was originally number three. It was just Predator. Yeah, it, I think that was Predator. No, it, there was a third one. I can't remember what it was called, but it was the one that people kind of like. You know, we don't talk about that one. Right, right. It was kind and of then an there off, was, weird offshoot. Then but, there was the whole crossover with like Alien versus Predator and everything too. Like, right, there was more of a game, uh, and then there was uh, now there's that new series called uh, Predators. Was it? No, I think. Is it the Predator? I think it's the Prey. Prey, yes. Prey, and it's basically the prequel to all of it. It's the Mm -hmm. Native American Indians fighting a Predator. Yeah. Which I haven't seen yet, so I'm actually (laughs) very kind of anxious to see that one. I've been waiting to watch it because I've been working on Con Crunch, and if I try to start a new series, I wasn't going to get anything done for this weekend. So, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's stuff like that, because how long has that been kind of out of of the picture? But if you go to the bigger conventions, you'll find – you know, two, three, four people wandering around as a predator. Even our friend, you know, Courtney up there, she's got a decent predator outfit that she wears periodically. I've seen the photos of it. It is beautifully made. <laughs> she did a good job. I, I can do a lot of stuff. I can't do armor. Armor is the one thing where I draw the line because I get frustrated and I just throw it down and go, I'm done. <laughs> well, and that's the thing with that, that Elizabeth over here is she does a lot of well, the the manufacturing of the warble and uh, mm-hmm. the different swords and all the different unique pieces. Which I give massive props to. If they have the patience to work with Warbla and all the, the EVA film and stuff for armor, massive props to you. I just don't have the patience for it because it's a lot of sitting and waiting. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm very much, a, if I can't get cranked out in a week, then I'm not doing it. And so much of it is heat-related, and I'm sitting mm-hmm. there going, oh, my God, if you mess up and keep something just there, focused for a second or two too long, you've got that... Now you got a, a, a deformation. You got to start again. And I was like, "Oh, I can't use that. I got to start again." Yeah. And so yeah, I, yeah. I don't have that kind of patience. <laughs> but again, props to those who do because the w- way they do it is phenomenal, and I love watching the videos on it, seeing how they do it. I just yeah. will never have the patience to do it myself. Yeah, I try to keep it simple, and people keep asking me. You go to these con- uh, these cons where people are dressing up. Do you dress up? I just I've done it once or twice, but I usually keep it pretty basic. You know, I've been uh, a brown coat. Um, that I came uh, once. I did uh, a Western wear once, you know, which oddly enough is really similar to my brown coat. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a theme there, but I actually was thinking about a new one for down the road. Um, I wanted to because I still got the long hair. Mm-hmm. I actually thought about doing, um, you know, like an '80s rocker with the long hair, the leather pants, the, the trench coat, the boots. You know, and just wander around because I, I also work at a place where uh, guitars come in on a regular basis. Nice. And I thought about, oh, I could put a guitar strap on. I can wander around with a guitar and be that rocker. It's <laughs> funny you mention that because I just found in my old VHSs when we were moving an old movie of mine that is an absolute favorite. It had Brendan Fraser and Steve Buscemi in it. And I think it was Adam Sandler. It was called Airheads. Oh, yeah. That was a long when time When they, they take over the, the radio station and hold it hostage with the hot sauce guns and everything. Like, yeah. I, I remember I found that. And I was just like, wow. This movie is great. I rewatched it. Went, wow, this movie was terrible, but it's still great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and I still have gone to done that. Or going, oh, I remember when I was younger. This was one of my favorite movies, and then I watch it, and I'm like, 
Wow, I did really not have good taste then. <laughs> oh yeah, no, especially looking at the stuff I watched from like you know the '80s and '90s and everything. It's just like, wow, this was the coolest thing ever. Wow, this is really kind of cringe, but I still love it. <laughs> yeah, this is a uh, kind of lame. The acting was bad. Oh my god, this is a terrible movie. But damn, I loved it. <laughs> it, it. It can't be as bad as you know Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio in it. Oh, that yeah. that one is easily still the worst movie of all time, but it's still a cult classic for some reason. Have you ever seen the science fiction fantasy Crawl? I actually have it on VHS. <laughs> okay, I, and I don't know if you remember, but there was a young thief in that one, mm-hmm. Lehman Nielsen. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, was he young in that? <laughs> I, yeah, no, I, I kind of remember watching it recently, going, wow, he was he was a baby. <laughs> <laughs> he was just the little one on that. But and then and practically everybody else in that series, I did not recognize. I'm like, did mm-hmm. any of these people go on to anything? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's the Red Sonja conundrum. Yeah. Red Sonja was a great movie when it came out, but afterwards her career kind of just went downhill because that was what she was known for, and she didn't want to do just that. Well, it's interesting enough where you got people that, um, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know Arnold Schwarzenegger's going to do an action movie, mm-hmm. maybe possibly a comedy because he has dabbled in a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, so you know that those are usually the kind of stuff that you can expect. Um, but... It, Every so often, they throw a wrench out there, and you're like, wow, that was weird. Like Robin Williams, as a, like, mm. I think he was a serial killer in one of his movies. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I remember the one you're talking about, but I can't think of the name. But I know which one you're talking about, because I was, I was sitting here, was that a fever dream? And I had to look it up, because I couldn't remember <laughs> if it was actually a thing or not. But I'll remember it at the weirdest time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be works. like a day or two down the road going, like three that's the name of it. That's the name. <laughs> Damn it. But uh. it, it's just funny where... You know, things can kind of take a change. And as originally as I was saying, you know, something like aliens that had been, or or Predator that had been out so long ago, but there are so many people that are still doing the Predator Mm -hmm. costumes at the conventions. Well, like, something that blows my mind, too, is that um, in the Southwest circuit in general, I don't know where they're based out of, but there's somebody who actually has built a full, like, completely movable part xenomorph queen cosplay that they wear to conventions and like the jaw actually unhinges it actually has the external or the extending tongue and everything I've only seen it once and I didn't get a chance to go take a picture of it because I was working security and I wasn't allowed to leave my position at the time and I was so mad and I've never seen it again but people say they see it everywhere like somebody said they saw it at BlizzCon once somebody saw they said they think they saw it at uh, Utah Salt Lake City Con like they see it around and it's I'm pretty sure it's become the con cryptid because nobody remembers seeing it but as soon as you mentioned it it was like oh yeah I think I saw it that one time <laughs> and, and it's funny that, that uh, things that we have uh, we remember that uh, sometimes the big industry um, just throws it away mm-hmm. and in, in reference and I use this as, as Firefly again the um, ambulance from oh, yeah. Ariel was found in a garbage or like a, a recycling place. Which breaks my heart because that's that's a piece of cinematic history in my opinion. Right. And then when there was a group, I think, out of Yuma that found it, rebuilt a good portion of it, and started using it at some of the conventions. And uh, I remember a while back when I was at a convention in Burbank for Firefly that um, Alan, uh, Alan Tunick yeah. had actually signed the side of it. And I'm sitting there going, now if that ever shows up again, I want it. 
you know, if, if it ever comes up, you know, I can just see you running to the front of the line going, that's mine, don't touch it. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I, I just like, if they, I, and to be honest, I can actually see that going on a bidding war now is, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Firefly memorabilia. Well, and, uh, and the brown coats too, like the, the brown coat fan, fan groups in the different cities, they do a lot of, auto, of auctions for charity and stuff, which right. I give massive props for because a lot of people who, who do stuff like that, they do it for themselves. They don't do it for other people. And as a drag queen, most of my stuff, I only have ever done like three shows in the past three years where I'm able to keep my tips. All our money gets donated to Make-A-Wish, right. Pause for Patriots, you know, anybody who needs help. Make a wish is here, actually. Did they are. Uh, they're here with Nightmare Cosplay. Right. I haven't had a chance to go over and talk to him or see him yet, but I... I got to talk to him yesterday, and he seems pretty chill and down to earth. Like, I've been following his stuff because I found him by accident on TikTok, of all things. I was browsing through at 3 in the morning, because what else do you do when you can't sleep? <laughs> and there was this really, really tall, very muscular guy dressed as Frankenfurter. And as a drag queen, I was just like, okay, I have to see what this is about. Right. And he does all this amazing stuff. He's done Moon Knight. He's done Black Adam. He's mm -hmm. done all these crazy insane builds in his own way so it, it does look screen accurate you know going back to the original point but he also does so much for charity i think he's donated like almost ten thousand dollars for charity alone damn like he he has gone above and beyond for the community which i appreciate because yeah it's fun to dress up but if we can help other people while having fun then it makes it a little bit better in the end yeah and as i said he's he's just one of those guys kind of guys that seems to be always really cool um, and, and once again, I haven't met him, um, but that when I started, when I knew that I was coming to Sabo, I started looking up people that were coming. So I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, I want to check this person out, and it's this person. Let's see if we can get this person to come on the show. And, and, and that's what I really want to do is, is to go out and approach these people going, hey, if you have time, you know, I mm -hmm. have a podcast, and I would love to have you in, have you in for like a 15-minute or an hour or whatever. Because, you know, some people... They run it on, on a timeline where they I just don't have time to do something like that. So 15 minutes is about the best you can get sometimes. But I, if I can get a full hour out of it, it's usually a yes. My oh yeah. God, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and we have reached out, and I I was lucky enough that I did search around, and one of the gentlemen that is here does voiceover. Um, uh, he does a lot of that anime, which he's known for, but. I've only done so much anime that I've actually liked. You know, mm -hmm. I, I watched a little bit of, of, Tina, uh, of Attack on Titans. Yeah. And I liked it, but then I went to go watch the second season, and it was all in Japanese, so I couldn't understand it. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, this gentleman, um, what's his name? Um, Is it Lex, the uh, Lang? Lex Lang? Yes. I'm actually a huge fan of his work. I've been following him for like 20 years. Well, <laughs> I didn't know that he was the voice of Captain Harlock. Okay, I've been following all these years, and I just now know, I learned that. I'm 30 years old, and I just learned that he voiced one of my other favorite characters. Right, because <laughs> I, 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 now I didn't, I didn't know at the time that there was, I guess there was a series, but mm -hmm. I had just seen the movie, um, and I'm just like, I love that movie. It was so fantastic, and I love that character. He's been one of those characters that I actually thought about trying to do as a cosplay because I loved his sword. Oh, absolutely. Because it was a pistol and a sword. Yeah, the original Gunblade before Final Fantasy did it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, I would love to do that, but I just don't have that skill level or patience. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the patience is would, would kill me on that. Well, I enjoy prop building, so if you ever want to do it, let me know, and I'll totally build you the prop. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it, it may happen, but it really depends. And once again, I, I, you got to go back with the concept of I'm in my 50s. <laughs> 
um, and my body parts are just kind of f seizing up and falling away. And I'm mm -hmm. just like, okay, this is less chance of happening <laughs> every year. Do so. it while you can. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm juggling the two jobs. I'm like, okay, when do I have time to put this? That I on? understand a little too well because before we moved, my wife and I moved out here to Arizona. Um, I was working three jobs because right. out in Albuquerque, nobody was hiring full-time. You only could get part-time. It was maybe 12 hours if you were lucky. So, like, I was working at Hot Topic. I was working at Jimmy John's, and I was working at Domino's. Occasionally, I'd pick up some DoorDash on the side if I had time in between that. Yeah, I did Uber for a made. while. <laughs> I, I hated doing DoorDash and Uber just because, you know, no matter how efficient you are or how quick you get your stuff done, they always find something to complain about and just if you want a tip. Well, I, I can see the stiffing on the tip. I did get stiffed a lot when it came to that, but... Uh, had such a high rating I had so many people that just going I can't believe your ratings are that high because and I'm like I try not to do conflict and get mm -hmm. the job done quickly and as efficiently mm. as you can. Albuquerque is also not as nice as Arizona is like I will fully admit I lived there my entire life save for the three years I lived in Georgia for because I was from a military family. Um, spent some time in Georgia too. <laughs> yeah I, I lived in Temple. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I spent a few months in Augusta, Georgia. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but no, like, New Mexico in general is just, it's not as nice a place. I'm not saying it's a bad place, but it's not a nice place. Like, it, it's a anybody, unique place. I've is. been there. Um, and if anybody has ever seen Breaking Bad, it's 100% accurate. I actually lit, I grew up three blocks away from where they filmed uh, Walter White's house. Uh, so, like, I can verify that neighborhood. They actually cleaned it up a little bit for the show. So it's a little worse than it looks on the show. Not by much, but just a little. <laughs> It's like, all right, let's pressure wash everything and then film quickly. That's pretty much how they did it because um, a good friend of mine worked on the lighting crew for that show, and he was just like, you don't understand. They like they actually clean the streets. It lasted for an hour, but they clean the streets. They haven't done that in 20 years. <laughs> That's scary. Yeah, but, you know, it's Arizona's just been so much nicer to us, and it's easier to find work out here, too, I've noticed. Well, the Valley, Phoenix, you know, a lot of people don't remember that Phoenix is one of the largest cities in the, in the United States. Oh, we're yeah. number, We're five. We're, we're the fifth largest city in the United States. And when you look at it, it doesn't look that big. No, but isn't it like uh, Chandler and Mason, all those are also part of Phoenix? Like well, yeah, the Phoenix or the Valley of the Sun, basically. Okay. There's like five, five-ish million people in just Phoenix itself. Then you add the Valley of the Sun, and we shoot up almost like like seven or ten somewhere in there I, I mean it's been a while since I've looked up the numbers, yeah but, but it's definitely in the top five still yeah <laughs> it, it, it's it's super huge and then you know we thought that COVID was gonna change so much and it did um, but it's actually bringing industry back to Arizona and, and that's why I'm glad we moved when we did because finding work out here is a lot easier than it is finding in Albuquerque like I was unemployed for three months before I found three part-time jobs that were just like you're desperate enough okay I guess sign the paperwork and we'll call it good yeah, and I, w I was lucky enough to I maintain the same restaurant that I worked at for, the, uh, for the, quite a while. Mm -hmm. I've been there for just short of 15 years. Um, but at the same time, I was doing Uber, and when everyone kept saying, well, I can't find a job, can't find a job, I said, i got two going, and there's help wanted signs everywhere. Mm -hmm. So don't tell me you can't find a job. They're all over the place. Now, is it what you exactly want? Maybe not. It may but, not be what you want to do, but it's a job. <laughs> right. You, what you need to do is get the job, pay your bills, and then search for mm -hmm. what you want. And because there's so many businesses out there looking, there's always that opportunity, that, that mm -hmm. perfect job maybe just around the corner. It might be. And, you know, a lot of times, too, a lot of people that I talk to, at least because most of my friends are on the con circuit, 
they find jobs they like, but they can't work it because they can't work it around their schedules for cosplay and stuff. Right. Which I understand, but at the same time, like, you know, you have a really good paying job, and you're going to let it go because you can't do your hobby as often as you want to. I took, the, I took my full-time job um, because they were looking for someone that does Monday through Friday. And I'm like, I'm a podcaster. I do cons on the weekend. That's kind of perfect. Mm -hmm. But then I put in my resume, and as I was talking to the lady about uh, going in for the interview, then they go, oh, it's plus benefits. I'm like, you're shitting me. <laughs> <laughs> you're shitting me. A Monday through Friday job, and you guys still provide benefits? There's very few places that are still doing that, yeah. unless you're going higher end. And like, I, I didn't know benefits were a thing until I moved here, because unless you were a, an office CEO or whatever, you didn't get benefits in New Mexico. So like, I moved here, my first job I, I got here was just like, oh, we're giving you full benefits as soon as you start training. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, and see, I, I actually did a janitorial job, um, and they go, well, you're the supervisor of the janitorial job. I said, I'm a supervisor? I says, yeah, there's, there's two other people that work with me. And they go, that makes you a supervisor. So you, at the time, they go, that's full benefits. I'm like, crap, I got a crew of two or three, and I'm fully covered medically. <laughs> Back then. Mm -hmm. Now, I would have wished that that job lasted, but that place doesn't even exist anymore. But uh, Sad day. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it happens. But, and you're right, and <laughs> we've gotten so far off topic Oh, now. yeah, we, we've, cut, we've, we've made a U-turn at this point. We're going back the other way on the highway Yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> heading, we're heading the opposite direction. But the, the whole idea is, is let's find out more about each other. Yeah. Uh, and it has worked. And we definitely got a lot of things that we can cover in, in the different things that we've touched base with. You've done a lot of the cosplay. You've done a lot of... Uh, the little niches in the con circuit. So it's going to be great working with you this weekend. So I'm looking forward to all the different interviews that we get to play with. Um, you know, we just need to take into consideration that uh, I want to try to grab some of these cosplayers um, that are venturing through. I yeah, actually, there's some amazing costumes walking through. I'm like, I'm admiring these as they walk by. Right. <laughs> and, and there's been some cool ones. And, and then, of course, Every con, you, I, I get amazed to it, and I'm not, I'm not saying this as the older, creepy type guy, but I really am amazed on how often the outfits get skimpier and skimpier, and I'm like... I've noticed that, too, and I'm, I, I don't want to be that guy who's like, are you old enough to wear that? Because that just sounds creepy, but at the same time, I'm thinking, are you actually old enough to wear that? Yeah, I mean, because I'm, I'm sitting there going, some of these kids are, I, I've seen, they can't be more than 12 years old, and they're running around, and, and uh, I'm, I, I, I got that urge to want to ask. I'm like, does your mom let you wear that? But I would probably be the one that would be the stupid idiot that asks, and they're going to go, yeah, that's my mom over there in the Playboy Bunny outfit. Uh -huh. <laughs> I, actually, I actually had an incident like that recently. I was at Albuquerque Comic Con. I was invited by a friend to come uh, do photos with her for a day, and this little 13-year-old is walking around in what could generously be called a bikini uh -huh. it was an outfit from kill the kill which is basically nothing and she was like 13 years old uh. so as somebody who is an advocate for you know safe cosplay space and making sure everybody is safe i wanted to make sure because there's some creepy guys hanging around right and i walked over and was like hey does your mom know you wear this and she goes yeah 
you know, my mom's sitting at the booth, and I look over, and her mom is wearing the skimpiest version of the DBZ Bulma Playboy outfit. Like, it looks like the, the old wrestling G-strings they used to wear for high school. Oh, and I'm just like, oh, okay, yep, I'm walking away, fine. I'm not touching that one. <laughs> yeah, there's too much conversation in that. There, there's too much conversation, and I don't want to get blacklisted because I enjoy coming and seeing my friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's definitely lots of things uh, to talk about about this. And to be honest, uh, that actually is one of the subjects that I've always wanted to, to get more in depth in is the safety. And um, I did one time uh, have some people on, and we talked about, um, uh, what was I going to say, um, shaming, body shaming. Because um, it was a while ago, and actually I think it was here at Sabo, uh, we had... Um, uh, <laughs> another brain fart. It's going to stink here soon. Um, uh, Kitty. Kitty Kaboom? Yes. Um, and we had her on, and, you know, I wanted to get into more depths because she used to get picked on a lot mm -hmm. because the, the cost of the play that she did was not proportionally. Yeah, Correct. It, it wasn't identical to what they expected or whatever. But that goes back onto my whole idea of cosplay is not to be perfect. It is you and your interpretation of the character. And if you're comfortable in doing with it, then mm -hmm. go with it. You know, play it, do it, uh, make it. And that's your comfort zone go with it because that's yeah. that's where it needs to be it's funny you mentioned cosplay shaming because i actually got my start at saba 10 uh years ago doing an anti-cosplay shaming panel um it, i do a panel at every con i go to called cosplay shaming it hurts everyone right and it's literally about how there is no proper body type there is no mm. proper skin tone you have no right to go and tell people that you know x y or z is wrong and I also have like the first half is going over how to how to spot it, how to how to see what's going on, how to how to take care of it, and then the second half is how to keep it from happening, how to politely stop it from happening, how to how to help people who are the victims of cosplay shaming. Because I I used to be a lot heavier. I used to be almost 300 pounds, and it took me a lot of work to get down to that point. And I still get a lot of body shaming because, like, right now I'm dressed as Tengen Uzui from Demon Slayer, who's a very muscular built character, and I am not very muscular and built. But I still enjoy dressing as the character because he's, he wears a lot of bright, glittery stuff, and I'm a drag queen. I'm attracted to shiny things. Right. <laughs> and, and shiny is always a good thing. It is. So my, my goal is to eventually help create these safe spaces for cosplayers who maybe feel like they need a... a a way to get away from it for a minute, you know, just to, to catch their breath, you know, get some positive affirmation, know that it's not their fault because it's never the cosplayer's fault. No, it's not. I mean, as I, as I was saying, it's, it's cosplay is that your ability to go out and portray the characters that you want to, what's the other, uh, to show an image or... I don't know. Just step out of your comfort zone. Yeah, and, and I find that that's where a lot of and that's where a lot of people do it. It's just a lot of ones that that are wearing um, unusual outfits, you know, would maybe never try this on their own mm -hmm. in in the in a regular public location because they're like, I don't want my cohorts at my work to see me like this. But see, the cool thing about cosplay and the convention circuit is, it is just one super huge family. Oh, yeah. We're all one big, happy, nerdy family here. Right. And it's actually thanks to Cosplay that I was able to come out of the closet and everything. Like, you know, I, I was I grew up in a very, very strict household. And so they weren't too fond of it. But after I came out and I met my con family, I realized, oh, 
okay, this is totally normal then. My, these people over here just suck. Got it. Right. <laughs> and, and that's the cool part about it. As I said, life, life goes on, but, you know, being in a convention, you have that opportunity to reach out and be whoever you want and be whatever you want. You can make an adaptation of a character. You can, you know, whatever. But it is just so cool that mm-hmm. everyone is, is branching into it, but at the same time... Uh, how do I write? The best way to just say it is, is when you meet that first-time con-goer. Mm-hmm. The person that's never been to a con before, they've never done it, but chances are you're going to see that person the next year, the next year, the next year, the next year, because they just love it so much. Oh, yeah, no. Like, we actually ran into somebody yesterday while we were walking around getting a feel for who I was here and everything. Uh, this 17-year-old, he was here with some of his buddies, had never been to a con. He bought his costume from a mall shop. Right. He was worried it wasn't going to be good enough. And everybody was coming up to him, you know, oh, my God, your costume is so cool. Oh, my God, you look so awesome. And he's just sitting here like, wait, people are actually being nice to me. What the hell? I've heard all these horror stories. So when I, I went over to talk to him because that's what I do. I try to be a, an ambassador to, to people who maybe don't know what's going on or maybe it's somebody to talk to. Right. And I basically told him, you know, yeah, the, the horror stories you hear are actually very far and few in between. We're far closer to a family here than anything you hear online. And like, many, many, many families themselves. I mean, Oh, yeah. Like, I've seen so many people with their, their infants who are in costume. And I'm just sitting here like, that's me, me when I have a kid. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the cool thing about it. As I said, you can just branch out and you can cover everything in cosplay so uh, yeah as I said it's just one huge family and just because I've been doing this as I said over six years and I go from one convention to another convention and just being recognized um, and then knowing that so many of the cosplayers as you go along and then the cool part of meeting new cosplayers or meeting new people it's like you're from where oh that's so cool and you moved here for, you know, what reason, personal, mm-hmm. job, whatever, but there's a big community for it. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, especially, like, having moved to Phoenix, seeing the community here versus the community back in New Mexico, it's like day and night. Right. Like, it's it's just been so amazing, and everybody here has been so welcoming. I'm so happy to call myself a Phoenix resident now. Uh, there's, there's just so much, and it's fascinating you know, every year that we do this. Uh, and Greg puts on such a Greg sh- great show. He does. I, I have been going to Greg's con since I lived in New Mexico. When he, I went to the first Sabaku con when it was out right. there. So, like, I've been with Greg since day one. And he is such a wonderful person. He works so hard to make sure everybody is safe, to make sure everybody has a good time. Mm-hmm. And I cannot say how much I appreciate him for everything that he does for the convention community as well as the cosplay community. Well, I've, I have been debating about making a suggestion, having certain vendors or certain um, tables, um, as, as what we call a safe zone. Mm-hmm. So if you see a little sign on it, it will say safe zone. So if you feel uncomfortable with something, just slowly wander to one of these tables that say safe zone. So that Because I, I personally don't want to see anyone abused, mm-hmm. uh, attacked, or, or violated in any way. So... Yeah, and it's it's the same concept as, like, the shot of angel at the bar, you know? Like, mm-hmm. if, if you go up and say you need a shot of angel and they ask you how they can make sure you're safe, that you get to your car, etc. Like, it's the same concept, and we need something like that. I hate to say it, but we do. See, she's going to learn that sidestep with those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that That is a beautifully done cosplay, though. Those That is a very unique way of doing it. <laughs> that is. is I, my thought is, do they light up? <laughs> I mean, it looks like it could be fiber optic, so it probably does. Uh, that would be kind of cool. 
I want to see it later on. If she's I, I've if she's done those big wing builds before for uh -huh. like the the uh, angel character from X Men. Like I've done those before. I know how hard it is to walk around without getting getting everybody knocked over and everything. So I under, I appreciate and understand that sidestep all too well. <laughs> uh, I, I yeah I think that would that would do me in. I'd be afraid that I'd be going. I was like yeah I've only been sued three times since I've worn this <laughs> today. Yeah, only three today. We're up, it's a new record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've only I, we poked out an eye. Um, Some and we kid stabbed somebody in here. <laughs> so yeah. It's it's fun stuff. So, all right, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. So we are kind of move on to all the other people that we are going to be interviewing this weekend. So if you guys are following us and listening, and expect to hear a lot more because the goal is to start producing some serious interviews. Actually, I like that part. Listening as we see here at the con. We'll see you. And Cam, of course, is with us again, and. Let's uh, let's have some fun. <laughs> yeah. <All right. laughs> so, Courtney, I gotta know, what made you want to start getting into writing? Um. So, okay, I just drink two carbonated drinks. So if I I'm make not noises with my throat, <laughs> and it's not my fault. So she's really bubbly. I'm very bubbly. <laughs> I mean, obviously, <laughs> it's only me that makes weird noises. It always happens on stream. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's not. I, I stream on Twitch. I understand. Yes. <laughs> Um, but I've actually always been writing, like my whole life I've been writing. Um, and I actually tried to get published a long time ago when I was still writing young adult books. Um, and I went the traditional route, which is just a lot of waiting, a lot of writing letters, a lot of researching agents and publishers. Um, and it was very tedious and discouraging because I got rejected a lot of times, which everybody does. That's not like, you know, you have to be resilient when you're doing stuff like that. Um, but I think the waiting part was the part that was getting to me. Uh, and so I just put it off for maybe five, six more years. And I was still writing um, because I loved it. And then when I got together with my fiance that I'm, I'm currently with, um, he's actually the one that encouraged me to publish when I started writing romance books. Um, and I ended up going to self-publishing route because nowadays it's more um, possible for people to self-publish than it was back 10, 15 years ago. Um, because there's all this social media and everything and so I decided to do that and now I enjoy writing even more because now I have other people reading it and I can kind of share the experience with people um, so yeah I guess I've been doing it my whole life I've only been published for the past three years though <laughs> that's pretty awesome though like the fact that you stuck it through a lot of people give up after the first few no's so like the fact that you stuck it out and you got to the point where you can self-publish that is incredible thank you <laughs> and the fact that you knocked out a decent amount of books in a short period of time too. I think that's why I went the self-publishing route like um, because I write really quickly and I thought I was weird for that but there's uh, an author that I really love her name is Ruby Dixon she writes very quirky romances uh, a lot of alien romance which is my favorite. I have a couple of hers do on my really? nightstand <laughs> I do. I love her she's ridiculous um, but she writes so fast and I, I, I think that encouraged me I'm like okay I'm not weird I'm just uh I just, I write really fast and it wouldn't work if I got traditionally published because they take so long. It, you know, I could send out a manuscript and not get it out into people's hands for another two, three years. And I was like, that's not okay. I don't want to be 70 when I finally get my second book out. I think I talked to uh, Kevin Hearn one time, mm -hmm. he's an author, and he said it's his first one was like two years and then it was like a year and a half. Yeah. And then he actually knocked one out in nine months. And it, was, it went a very quick edit, and boom, yeah. it was out. Well, and I feel like it's better for readers, too, um, because I know romance readers are very voracious. Like, 
me myself, I am a romance reader. And so I read maybe a book a day when I'm really in the mood. And I was like, I don't want my readers to have to wait years in between books. I'd rather just get them out when they want them. So self-publishing really has worked out a lot for me. And I'm really glad it's worked out for you because it Thank doesn't always work out. You know, it's it's a gamble, as mm-hmm. with anything that you do it in, is, in yeah. the industries. Like, I will fully admit, I'm 30 years old and I still write fanfic. Like, <laughs> I have AO3 readers. Like, give an update in two weeks. Where's the next chapter? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Life comes first. I'm really busy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I do think that it's really awesome that you stuck it out and that you're able Thank to put out these books. Like, I'm excited to read them. I actually plan on picking up a couple this weekend. Yay! I actually just had somebody that picked up a book yesterday. Um, she picked up my vampire book. She came back today with a bookmark halfway through the book, and she said she was freaking out, and she was loving it, and she brought it with her, and she compared me to her favorite author, and I was just like, I was, I almost cried. I was like, you made my day. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that is that is so cool. Like, I know. It, I, I still don't believe it when people say they like my books. I'm like, like, thanks for being nice. Are you saying that just because you observe my you're friend my face? Or like, you know, is it because I'm at the booth? Right. <laughs> it's just because I'm right here. You don't want to say it to my face. I remember when I wrote, and I actually did write one, and then it's, I was surprised. I went back over my reviews and going, you know, I'm like, you know, I actually didn't do too bad in just these reviews. Yeah. I'm like, it feels rather <laughs> invigorating. Yeah. <laughs> so it's always good to hear that. And I do have bad reviews. I've had a, I've had a few bad reviews. And they hurt the first time, but then I was like, not everyone's going to like my books. I mean, lots of Ruby Dixon's books, who's one of my favorite authors, has a lot of bad reviews. And Some like, were very, very interestingly written, too. Right. I read a few more. It's like, D- did you graduate high school English? Right. But it's like, <laughs> I love her books. So it's kind of like, you can't let those reviews discourage you because your books are not going to be for everybody. Right. I read a lot of dark romance, too. And I feel like a lot of dark romance, people go into it thinking, oh, this won't be that dark. And then they get into it and they're like, this is really dark. I hate it. And they give it, it a bad review. And it I'm like, says Did you not know? in the genre. It <laughs> right. says dark romance. There's you have always to go a in. warning. There's always a warning in dark romance. Yeah, like, and people seem to it, just. If it's not on the cover, it's usually in the, in the you know, right. first page where it's like, you know, hey, just a heads Don't up. Read this, this is what it includes. You have problems if you're uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. They add their own trigger warning because they know for a fact. <laughs> that it could set somebody off. Yeah. Like, I You never I know nowadays right. either. <laughs> With my fan fiction, you know, I always post at the top there, you know, hey, this includes a lot of blood and guts. Yeah. If you're not comfortable, don't read it. Uh, it was, that actually happened with my second vampire book. It's labeled a dark romance, and I do have warnings in it. But the very first person that ever read that book pointed out in the review that it had dark elements, and they were like, this is absolutely unacceptable. And I was like, have you ever... <laughs> I don't want to rant about it, but I was like, you have to, you have to look at warnings, especially mm-hmm. with dark, dark romance, dark romance, dark fantasy, a lot of dark sci-fi too. Mm-hmm. A lot of that can be really, really right. iffy if you're not used to that kind of yeah. genre. So that's something I learned. Little sidetrack there. That's the funny thing. You can't hear a wave on the. It's like, hey. yeah. <laughs> or just like. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the uh, the author typing stuff is, is also been cool. I, I tried self publishing and I did realize that oh yeah, I need an editor. <laughs> you you got to have an editor. Yeah. But uh, and I did, I went a little bit more unusual. I didn't do the the vampires or the dark. I went uh, Native American science fiction. I remember you telling me about that a while and, back. Yeah. Uh, I, I definitely still want to tweak it, and I still have several books in my head in that series. Mm-hmm. So eventually I will finish those and, and get them down there. That's exciting. It, take the leap. Take like the I always leap. tell people, there's somebody who watches my streams who uh, is very passionate about writing, but they're scared to publish. 
Um, because they they had published uh, before they were ready a while back and um, they got some bad reviews and then now they're very scared to do it and I was like you gotta just take it take the bad wait the that was me no no literally literally it was it, it was basically me I published uh, I very I, I had a bunch of people go over the book and they was like oh yeah it was great this 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 and that and so I said okay it's fine I've had enough people do it I'm gonna go ahead and publish it I published it and then I'm like. I reread it, reread it, got a couple of reviews, and then had a friend reread it. And she goes, "Oh, she didn't say physically this crap." Yeah. She goes, "I can teach you a lot." <laughs> <laughs> wow! Ow! <laughs> and a lot of those reviews will pick up the weirdest things, right? Like, I'll get bored and I'll read reviews on like really well-known. Oh, I do by it like Anne Rice and all these other yeah. people. And there was actually a review on Amazon for the book Armand mm -hmm. by Anne Rice that said that she didn't write him with the right accent. <laughs> And all I could think for the entire time I'm reading this review going is, how do you read an accent? What, are you, what accent are you reading? <laughs> right? Like, if you're going with the 1990s, you know, movie, uh, Interview the Vampire, you're going to expect Antonio Banderas, which I totally don't watch religiously. Um, <laughs> no, never. I haven't seen Or if seen you're that. going with, like, you know, the Queen of the Damned, it's a whole right. weird, like, Mediterranean meets British right. atrocity. And as a musical theater kid, that hurts. <laughs> I've always loved watching a, a show or something where the character is entirely based here in the United States, but they've got a British accent. Oh and my like, gosh, every time. What? It was, what? okay. <laughs> it was a uh, Prince of Persia when they made that to a movie. Mm -hmm. And they made everyone English. And I remember yeah. there were memes for the longest time being like any foreign country where they want you they want them to speak English for the movie they always give them an English accent and then somehow subconsciously we're we think like that's okay mm -hmm. we're like oh it's just because it's it's foreign so English accent yeah so obviously you have your writing and everything and that is super cool but I want to know how you got started in the cosmic community as well because everybody has their own weird interesting stories and I'd love to know your story my story is simple um I graduated from Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in Los Angeles. Uh, I didn't like Los Angeles, so I came back to Arizona not knowing what to do with myself. Um, that was during the recession in 2008, so I couldn't find a job anywhere. And I got super depressed. Um, and I was really into Avatar The Last Airbender. And then the movie came out in 2010 that we're not going to talk about. Um, <laughs> but we had high hopes for it before we saw it. So yeah. I made myself and my friends costumes um, to go to the midnight premiere, back when midnight premieres were actually on midnight and not the day before. Yeah, um, I missed that. Right? <laughs> Our kids need to go to school. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, but then just... Don't let your kids go to midnight showings. Anyways, right? It's um, for the grown-ups, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, I made us all costumes from the cartoon, and we just really liked the community of people because there were other people dressed up, and we were all gushing over each other's costumes, and it was, the, it was the most fun I've had in a long time because, again, I was really depressed at the time. And uh, so after that, my sister was like, why don't you put your costumes online and see what happens? And then the entire thing, me cosplaying as well as making costumes for other people, blew up at that point. Um, and then 12 years later, I am still doing it. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Like, it, what what amazes me is where all these different cosplayers come from. Like, I would I would never have, have thought you know a midnight premiere would have inspired somebody, but you know what? That's super cool. Right. I actually didn't know what cosplay was before that. Uh, I had attended San Diego Comic Con in 2009, and everyone was dressed up, and I was like. What, why is everyone dressed up? And then like we dressed up in like some stupid outfit that was like completely random and people were taking pictures of us like they thought we were characters and we were like, this is cool. <laughs> and uh, so we just like, and then we actually dressed up 
because you know I knew how to sew and I was like I should put my sewing to use I spent $40,000 on it um, right. and so it just like kind of became a thing and I think the community is what attracted me most is all the nerds like getting together and recognizing each other's costumes and being like I'm a fan of that too oh, it's, yeah. it's not like we haven't heard that recently before right <laughs> that's what we we had that conversation just yeah, like how the did. big the community is and, yeah. and how much of a family it's actually uniquely right just it's like crazy glue and you know you just kind of spread it out and everyone's going to get stuck right <laughs> yeah it's like you'll find out where your piece of glitter fits in somewhere yeah because we're all let's be honest we're all flashy pieces of glitter we just have to find the spot we fit in right in. exactly <laughs> but it, it is so amazing when when you come to this convention on how often you go i can run into courtney we can run into ryan we can yeah. run into amber bright amber skies um, Corgi, Corgi Cockcray. <laughs> <laughs> Corgi Cosplay. We did miss her this weekend. Yeah, yeah I heard she's moving. She's moving yeah. and she got a little sick she from got the sick. move. So yeah. she's, no, she's I, under strict cute cosplay orders of if she gets out of bed, I'm going to go kick her butt. I just moved uh, <laughs> last month and that was uh, one of the worst weeks of my life. So I can understand like uh, a lot of crap comes with moving it's not just the move the move oh yeah causes and, a lot of crap to and come you have up. to move a lot of crap right <laughs> oh yeah no my wife and i just did, moved as well from new mexico to here so Ooh, i get that out of state <laughs> luckily it was only one state over it wasn't like you know to minnesota right or something. you don't have to fly or anything yeah no, i i don't fly well that there's a reason i stick to mostly southwest cons because yeah. i can drive to those yeah <laughs> anything that's like under 10 hour drives that's fine like i've driven to minnesota and back it doesn't mean i like it i've driven to wisconsin actually i, I, drove I recognize to that guy Florida. <laughs> That's the, that's the farthest I've ever driven was Florida. <laughs> so, obviously, you have all these cold novels coming out. Is there any one that you have that you're writing right now that you're super excited to get out before any of the others? Uh, that's so hard because I, I'm usually writing, like, four different books at a time. Um, I right got now, you I beat, actually. My, huh? <laughs> I actually got you beat. I started several projects, and I'm like... Okay, there, there. Wait, <laughs> I can hard. do that on this one. And I'm gonna like so that. I usually, it, the reason I have so many that I'm writing at the same time is because I, I kind of have ADD when it comes to my stories. So if I'm feeling like an enemies to lovers, I'm feeling really aggressive, I'll write that one. And then the next day I'll be like, I just want something gentle and cute. And so I'll start writing that one. That's what I, I call think, bouncing. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like, my boing, mood. Boing, it's mood boing, changes. Um, I think the one I'm most excited about, though, um, is my first alien romance. Ooh. Yeah, uh, because I read mostly alien romance, and I found it very weird, and I'm very much into space. Like, I'm a huge space nerd. I keep track of curiosity every time you find something cool on Mars. I, <laughs> I keep track of where our probes are going, SpaceX. like all the new stuff that James Webb's tel the James Webb Telescope has taken pictures oh, of. Yeah. I keep track of all that. All the new cool Novas coming out and Every everything. Yeah, and everything. So, so you could say you're like the Space Corps from Portal. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm very much, like, I tell Alex all the time, I'm like, did you know? And he'll be like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember hearing you say that the other day. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but I haven't written any alien romance, which I thought was weird. And so I was like, I'm going to write one. And it's been taking longer than I wanted it to because uh, I've just had so much going on. But I think that's the most that's the, the most exciting one because it's the first of a new series that I'm doing. Everything else is a continuation of series that I've already started. So, yeah, I'm really excited about that one. So Plus, I can put all my, like, stuck-up space knowledge in it and be like... <laughs> all, of a sudden I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, I'm seeing Alien versus Predator with Jaws theme involved. With what? <laughs> with the Jaws theme in the background. <laughs> and, see, my, 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 my thought immediately went to, like, all the really bad, like, 
dating sims that I have played being like Alien versus Predator meets the dating sim. <laughs> okay, well, they have the uh, Dead by Daylight one now. I know, and I need to get it for my Twitch channel. I want it so bad. <laughs> my sister was like, I'll buy this for you it if you play so it on cringy. Twitch. It looks so cringy. I need to play it. Right? I need more, I need more killers, though. Oh, Can I we do that? Uh, from what I hear, this is the test run, and if it goes well, they're going to be adding a lot of the uh, DLC That's killers to it. That's what I heard, which, too. They said they might be including like Pinhead and Pyramid Head, which I'm super excited for because now that Wesker's involved as a thirsty Wesker Not hoe, that I'm I will weird, admit. But yes, I would love all of those, please. I, I will she doesn't admit. like Pyramid Head, I don't think. I mean, <laughs> or Hellraiser's Pinhead. really, really pretty. Like, I love his design and everything. Yeah. And that's that's my dream cosplay is when I have enough time and liquid latex. Right. <laughs> so as far as the cosplay goes, is there any uh, any builds that you want to do that you've been like are your dream build or like that yes. one hot character that you just you would die if you got a chance to do it? I actually was going to wear one this weekend, uh, but I, the mask mandate um, discouraged me from wearing it because I've been technically working on this costume for two years. I started working on it um, before the uh, the lockdowns. So like, um, right as the pandemic hit, gave me plenty of time to right, work on it. Right, <laughs> and I kind of stopped working on it, and then I started little by little working on it because it's a lot of hand painting and hand beating, and so I was like, well, I can just do that like, you know, while I'm watching TV. And I finally really buckled down and got really excited about debuting it here. And then I heard about the masks and I, I really wanted the full makeup and everything to be good and I didn't want to wear a mask. So I said, uh, I'll, I'll put it off and do a really cool photo shoot of it. But it's Madra Farah from um, Dark Crystal. Age of Resistance? Yeah. Ooh. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. <laughs> so I was really excited about it, but I will have pictures of that soon. I just didn't want to do it. Here. <laughs> my wife and I have been wanting to do uh, Mira, and um, I suddenly forgot his name. Uh, the main boy, what's his name? Well, now I can't think of it because you're asking me. I know. Uh, I've seen it too, and I I, I, I am drawing don't a know. blank, but I, I'm drawing the, the main blank. two. The, yeah. The, the two romantic options, yeah. like romantic characters, because yep. I'm sorry. if I really wish Netflix would continue the series. I know they're me not going too. to. I was but. devastated. I think it was entirely written out to only be the one season, so... It was at the same time, that cliffhanger. I think that they intended to do it, uh, or to continue it, but it's a very expensive production. It is, Um, and and Netflix doesn't like to... Jim Henson doesn't come cheap. I mean, he's good. (laughs) Yeah, no, and the fact that it's his his family continuing it on, it's still the Henson family, that is what amazes me. Mm -hmm. Like, the fact that they're continuing the tradition on. They just did so well bringing it into the modern time. Because they added CG in there for their eyes and everything, which just mm-hmm. like you wouldn't notice, but it adds so much to the expressions. And it's it's so minuscule that it it's doesn't so take away from exactly. it, but it still makes it feel like it's more. Yeah. But yeah, that that would be my dream cosplay that I have very. It's very close to being done. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, I do look forward to seeing that one because I do love watching your stuff. I do love following you. your photos and all that. Like. You've, I've gotten so many ideas for stuff that you've done that I want to try at some point. It's just like, oh, I need yay. to try that at some point. <laughs> like, your, your work is really cool. And Thank I look you. forward to getting to read your books because, I, like I said, I do plan on picking a couple up this weekend if everything permits, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, is there anything else you want to talk about for your books or anything? Or anything like, uh, 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 ah, God, I can't talk all of a sudden. I'm a dry queen. This is what I'm supposed to do. I'm paid to talk. You're supposed I can't to be talk. articulate. <laughs> no, uh, that's after a few shots. Right? Okay. <laughs> hey, me too. Shots. Oh, my God. Jello shots. Oh, God, never again. Sorry, I got excited. My friend made fireball jello shots. I was never the same. I did wine coolers. I did a couple of wine coolers last night, but I was really tired. I made it through two, and I'm like, okay, I'm going. Mm. I had like like half a beer when I got home last night. I was like, nope, I'm going to bed. I got, I got, I, I I had a lot on a stream the other night, and it was great. 
Because, like, I get to the point where I'm, like, I'm actually better at aiming in games because oh, yeah. I'm not thinking about it too much. Yeah, you, Absolutely. You, you think that, then you see your stats when you're finished. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought I was getting headshot. <laughs> I thought I was number one. Number eight. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't talk about my, my back for blood stats ever. <laughs> <laughs> I still need to play that. Right now I'm into uh, Hunt Showdown. Oh, I've been, it's on my list. I haven't had a chance to play so it. So addictive. Uh, that's I'm the reason why I like the games that I just shield. build stuff. You build stuff? <laughs> I build stuff. This is my base. I just... Do you play I, Valheim? Huh? Do you play Valheim? No, I play... Well, I play Ark. Oh, okay. So I love building bases, and I yeah. just... I got this one base that's been going up like this, going up like this, and now I've got this nice slide going down to the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like fun. You <laughs> should try Valheim. I've, I've been told that it's good. Fun. It's fun. I, I have a friend of mine in, in Denmark, uh, actually in the Netherlands, and he uh, he sets up these servers, and occasionally he'll set up one like that, and I'll like, all right, I'll check it out. <laughs> or I'll turn around going, you know, I, I'd love to, but I can't afford to buy the game. Mm-hmm. And then like five minutes later, I get this, Bip. <laughs> you've been gifted. <laughs> yeah, people do yeah. that to me too. Yeah, that's how. I, that's actually how I got a couple of my games. Like uh, Phasmophobia is one that I'm hyper fixating on, and I didn't initially have it. I was like, you know, oh, I'll play with you guys whenever I get the chance. And Corgi, Corgi cosplay just randomly goes, "Hey, you want to play with us? I would love to. I don't have the game. Yes, you do. Look at the box. <laughs> Look at the box. There already. <laughs> I, I love Corgi. She's a sweetheart, but she loves to surprise me out of nowhere. And it's like, no, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel obligated. I, yeah. I, and see, he did that too. He was starting to play one called um, Outlaws of the Old West. Uh, and uh, he's like, oh, yeah, I've been playing this. And I turned around going, well, I'll look at it. And bing, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> like, oh, all right, I'll install it. And then 10 minutes later, he goes, never mind, don't do it. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, d- 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 why? <laughs> I'm like, I just, I just got thinking about making a hole in the wall, gang. Thanks. <laughs> right? Somebody bought me Mass, the entire Mass Effect series when the Legendary Edition oh. came out. Because I played it a million times. It's my favorite game of all time. Oh, yeah. No, I, that's my next tattoo plan is I'm getting the, uh, the, sh- the Pathfinder on my calf. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is supposed to, I have Jaw and I have uh, Thane Krios on my arm. It's supposed to be a sleeve. Never happened. But so, at least my husband's are there. So. Uh, yeah. On, on the note of a tattoo really quick. I saw one, was it yesterday, that blew my mind. This uh, girl had her leg cocked up like this, right up against this, and she had the scarab going from her knee, going down the, 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 cool. in the crevice. But when she stretched her yeah, leg it out, wings. it stretched out the yeah. wings, and there was like a fairy face in the middle. I've seen those on like, people's elbows. It yeah, looks really do, cool. Like, the crook of the elbow yeah. right there. So I have to know, on the lines of Mass Effect, who was your first romance that you did? Thane. Thank you. First Somebody and else last. who understands it. Like, I told my friend that, and she was like, ew, that's weird. You're, yeah. Everybody thinks I'm weird. Why would you romance him? Everyone's like, Garrus, Garrus. And I'm like, no. no. Bane is, like, brood. Garrus is a space he's cat. He's an assassin. Like, the why would you I, not want that? The best way I can explain Garrus is he's a space cat. Yes. He, he goes for the shiny. Very much. <laughs> and he's kind of awkward. Thane isn't and awkward. He's just very, like, dark. He's and dark, but he's also got that charisma where he just yeah. kind of slinks into your DMs. Oh, my goodness. Like, hey, and up? he, like, doesn't want it, but you mm-hmm. make him want it. And it's oh, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think Finally, it's what he understands. <laughs> I think you. we're going to have to cut this short because Alex has been kind of looking, browsing by oh, the yeah. table a couple of times in search for, for Courtney. Sure. <laughs> where well, she, where it was she? awesome getting to talk on. to you. It was awesome meeting you. Thank you. All right, so we'll wrap it up, and we'll talk to you again soon. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them blue for me and you, and 